So what happens when we cleanse crystals is that energy never really goes away, but it transforms into something else. So all of these practices are ways of transforming energy. They are ways of making space for the negative energy to transform into something positive, to transform into something fertile, which is important to keep in the back of your mind. Welcome to the Crystal Guardian Podcast. My name is Caressa, and this is a show on which I share about my life as a healer and crystal artist. Here, we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness, art and spirituality, giving a voice to the visionaries of today. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Guardian podcast. I am so happy that you're here. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I have some controversial ideas about. It's a little bit different than what you will find in your standard blog of how to cleanse a crystal, or you know, you have those cute images with all the little options. And yeah, this is just something to tickle your brain, to feel how it feels for you, and yeah, see if it resonates. Because um, when I encountered these, well, this way of looking at it, it really clicked for me. It made so much more sense. So what we're going to talk about today is cleansing and charging crystals. So the difference between cleansing and charging crystals is important to note here. Cleansing crystals is a way of making sure that only their energy is uh, radiating from the crystal. So there's no other energy stuck to it or, you know, like bringing the frequency down. So it's really a cleanse. Charging the crystals, charging means that we amplify the energy or the frequency that they already have. This is a way of making their energy stronger or sometimes even giving it a little bit of a different flavor to make it more specific. So both of these practices are really beautiful to do. Of course, always cleanse first and charge after because if we go charge a crystal that hasn't been cleansed and it has you know energies on there that don't really, really uh, belong there, then you're also going to amplify those energies, and that's not what we want. So nowadays, there are spiritual goods everywhere. I mean, you can get them at Urban Outfitters, at Anthropology. It is just, you know, every, every, everywhere. You can get, you can just, well, at least in Amsterdam, you can walk into any store and it won't be weird if you find a bundle of wild sage or some palo santo or some crystals that you can get somewhere it's it's really become very common one of the downsides of this and it's it's not all bad of course because the fact that more people are using these beautiful practices are tapping into more so the energetic realm i i view that as a very beautiful positive thing and it's just this gateway of getting more people in 
But the downside of that is that a lot of materials are over-harvested, are over-mined. Um, you know, you see this in the crystal world a lot. The situation that the people that are harvesting it are in or mining it are in are not ideal, are not good, are not, you know, good human rights sort of like environments. So it is always, always, always important that when you start purchasing things, because, you know, our money as consumers is also where our power is. So if we consume in a mindful, sustainable way, then that's already such a big difference that we can make. So with any of these things that we encounter when we're doing spiritual practices, just think to yourself, is it really necessary for me to buy this thing? Or is there maybe a way for me to do this with the things and the tools that I already have? And of course, I am not one to shy away from another Oracle card deck or anything like that. But, you know, there's a balance there. And it's actually a very big spiritual act if we start conversing with the things and the tools that we have already in our own environment rather than that we start purchasing and start outsourcing our power, right? So that's one thing that I really want to, yeah, start off this podcast with and I will sort of go back to it uh, in a little bit when we're talking about smudging, which is one of the ways to cleanse crystals. Another thing that I find very important to start off with is that crystals are ancient. They are these incredibly old blocks, you know, little balls, little nuggets of information from the earth from millions and millions and millions of years ago. I mean, if you have quite a big crystal collection at home, I can say with almost 100% certainty that you will have a crystal there that is older than any life form on this planet, than any living being on this planet. How crazy is that? So I feel sometimes it is, it can be a bit of this, like, you know, us as humans, we think that the humans are the most important thing and um, like we have created everything and we can destroy everything. But if there's this crystal in your house and, you know, it's it's bazillion years old, having touched one person that might have had a bad day that day doesn't take away from the innate power that that crystal holds and that that crystal, you know, already has inside. It doesn't make it that then the crystal all of a sudden doesn't work anymore. You know, it what, what it can do is that there's a little bit of residue of energy attached to a crystal and that you will take over that energy. Yes, that is possible. But I feel sometimes, you know, we do this very, very much. We, we feel like every full moon, we need to charge our crystals, you know, like we need to make sure that they're always clean and and pure. And this is just something that I think we are overdoing. And sometimes we are sort of over panicking or over controlling these spiritual practices and surpassing our own intuition and surpassing our own feelings 
that, you know, tell us when it's time or that tell us, hey, something's wrong here. I need some love. I need some attention. And, you know, very often it is the case that when we feel that a crystal is low in energy, that a crystal isn't working the way it should work, that we are low in energy and that we are not working the way that we're supposed to work. So whenever you feel that you want to cleanse your crystals, check in with yourself first and maybe feel if you are the person that needs cleansing, that you are the person that needs love and nurturing and softness and charging and, you know, all of the above. It's just something very important because we can, you know, again, sort of like place our power outside of us and feel like all these exterior things need to fix us and cleanse us and heal us and, and do all these things. Well, actually, sometimes we just need to be present with ourselves. So... These are all things that, you know, are important to take into account before you start doing these beautiful practices that, yes, they are amazing to do and they can be these beautiful rituals and, yeah, it can be a lot of fun to do as well, to just work with energy in that way. But, yeah, always check in with yourself and see if everything feels in alignment with your own values. So what happens when we cleanse crystals is that energy never really goes away, but it transforms into something else. So all of these practices are ways of transforming energy. They are ways of making space for the negative energy to transform into something positive, to transform into something fertile, which is important to keep in the back of your mind. So let's just dig into them, right? <laughs> if we, I will start with crystal cleansing, and after I will share some crystal charging practices. Some of them overlap as well, so they can be cleansing and charging, but I will let you know. First of all, the most important and I think most well-known practice to cleanse crystals is smudging. Smudging basically means that you have a herb or a plant that you burn and you use the smoke of that plant to cleanse any negative energy away. This is most commonly done with white sage or palo santo, which is a wood. Both of these species are right now endangered species. And this is because of, you know, this being available in urban outfitters and who knows where. We are consuming so, 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 so much of these plants that, you know, we can't keep up with the harvesting. And for example, palo santo, it actually... I hope I'm saying this right, but I believe it's the case that the tree has to fall down naturally and then the wood can be harvested and that is used as palo santo. So we can't actually grow a palo santo tree and then chop it down because that sort of defeats the whole thing of it being palo santo. Same with white sage, it's just used so much right now that, yeah, we can't keep up and, and it's become an endangered species endangered species. And, you know, the sad thing about this is that there are so many other options and other things that you can use to smudge that work just as well. A beautiful thing about white sage is that it has been, been even scientifically proven to uh, lower the bacteria count of room that is being saged. It really, really physically does something. 
So how it works, uh, for example, with white sage, if you want to smudge your crystal, you burn the leaf, you blow out the fire, you let it smoke up, and then you hold the crystal in the smoke. And you turn it around, you make sure you catch every part of it. And the same goes for your body. And you can use also a feather or your hand to sort of waft the smoke over the thing that you want to cleanse. But this is how you do it. A little thing about white sage is what you can do is you can get your own plants. And in that way, you can, you know, grow it yourself in your own garden. You can harvest it, you can dry it, and then create your own white sage sage bundles. This is a beautiful way of doing it without uh, contributing to making this beautiful plant an endangered species. Other really great indigenous plants, and these are a lot of plants that are uh, available in Europe, also probably Northern America. But yeah, just research what you have available to you. Some of them are also a bit more Mediterranean, but you know, nowadays a lot of these plants um, are available in a lot of different places in the world. So some of my favorites and what they do as well, because the beautiful thing about these plants is that they all have their own individual little flavor. And if you smoke them, if you use them as a smudging tool, then yeah, you can tune into different sort of intentions or wishes or yeah, whatever you want to sort of use in your cleansing ritual, whatever you want to invoke, whatever is most important to you. And of course, this is also sometimes a little bit more on the charging edge of things because you give it a different sort of flavor, a different energy, a little sort of extra oomph to it. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite plants is mugwort. It's really great for visions, um, for protection of your own energy, of the energy of the, of the crystal. Mugwort is also used in moxibition um, that's used with acupuncture to stimulate some points in the that are used during acupuncture to have those the pressure points. Oh my god, Eugenie's gonna kill me when she hears this. My best friend who's an acupuncturist. I'm not explaining it well, but it's also used <laughs> in acupuncture. Another plant, rosemary, is great for releasing things, for protection, for invigorating intuition. Of course, you have common sage or desert sage. Sage, in any case, is great for cleansing, for blessing things, um, and for balancing any energies. Cinnamon, you can use an actual cinnamon stick to uh, burn, and cinnamon has a beautiful, beautiful, soft, feminine energy to it. Lavender, of course, the, the plant of peace, of intuition, of protection. Lavender is very closely related to amethyst in terms of energy. So that's a beautiful sort of connection to make there as well. You can have pine or cedar, which are great. All these sort of evergreen families are great for uh, cleansing for purification. Catnip is a great one to use uh, for smudging. It's love invigorating. It brings affection. It brings happiness. No kidding. Very obvious, right? That's what it does to cats as well. Bergamot for compassion and sympathy. 
violets. Um, they lift the energy. They bring joy, um, a lot of loving energy. You can use rose, um, roses. They are the highest frequency flower that there is, which is also why they're used. Well, they're a little bit more charging than they are cleansing, but they're still beautiful to use as a smudging tool. And they, of course, bring this beautifully loving energy and they also help with bringing up your psychic abilities. Dandelion is great for divination and spirit calling. Geranium, great for happiness. Yeah, so those are just some of, some of my favorites. And of course, you can just go into your own garden, into your own forest and see what's there. And, you know, almost the whole world is just a simple Google search away. You can just Google your plant and then, for example, spiritual meaning or ancient uses, those kind of things. And that will give you a lot of information. And other tool that is great for cleansing is using crystals to cleanse your crystals. There are a few of my um, favorites, but do note that crystals, they always cleanse and charge. This is a two by two sort of combo um, ordeal that you get. Selenite, it's my absolute favorite crystal to use when cleansing. Do note that if you Put crystals, you know, close to a selenite, they are always being cleansed. So this is maybe not as good to do with a crystal that you have charged or that you have put a certain intention into, because that will just sort of cleanse that crystal of that intention as well. You know, cleansing is not only about cleansing away the bad things, but it also cleanses away any positive energies that are connected to it that are not, you know, their own energy. So that's good to note. Selenite is really a pure, loving, light energy. I always feel that selenite is just light energy, but then inner crystal, you know, materialized, crystallized, if you will. Um, Moldavite is great for soul alignment and can be used to cleanse crystals. And also kyanite can be used to cleanse, uh, which is also great to release old patterns, old traumas, those kind of things. And then... Lastly, we have clear quartz, the master healer and cleanser, which is just always, always, always a beautiful crystal to work with. Next up to cleanse your crystals is water. We can use water in such a beautiful way and especially streaming water. Now, I want to make a little sidestep and explain why streaming water is so helpful, is so cleansing. It's because there are negative ions that are being released when there's running water. So it's like a creek or a river or the ocean. To explain positive ions are especially high in like offices or high electrical spaces. They are absorbed directly into your bloodstream as you inhale them. And they have a really, really big number of negative side effects on your health. Negative ions, on the other hand, have a very big purifying effect on the body and they are especially present in, like I said before, running water, so creek, river, ocean, um, but also in mountains, in forests, uh, waterfalls, you know, at the beach. They clear out pollutants in the sky because they're statically attracted to them and that helps them fall to the ground. So... Yeah, they really are the cleansers of the earth. 
So placing your crystal in, you know, a stream of water, a river, under a waterfall in the ocean is such a beautiful way of clearing away anything that doesn't belong there. The only side thing here is that you have to be really careful because some crystals don't fare well in water. A bit of a rule of thumb here is that all the crystals that end with ITE, I-T-E, they can't go in water, but there are definitely exceptions to the rule. So if you want to be sure, um, just Google the name of your crystal and water, and it will for sure pop up. And if you are not near a waterfall right this moment, then you can also just use the water that you have in your home and you can place the crystals with the water in a bowl, preferably wide or see-through, so there's no other sort of color frequencies that are, you know, sort of budding in there. So we want to have a, a bowl that is pure in energy, so white or see-through. Place the crystals in there and you can also use a little bit of salt, which helps in the cleansing effect, and just leave it overnight. Next up is the earth. We can put our crystals in the earth and this is such a strong, powerful, beautiful way to cleanse crystals. I especially like it because it requires for us to get our hands dirty, for us to, you know, get some dirt, some mud under your fingernails, which for us as well is cleansing, is healing. So yeah, one of my favorite ways. The only downside, of course, is that some crystals, they... They don't fare well in wet soil, for example. So same goes for crystals that can't go in water. Be careful also to put them in the ground, in the earth. And another thing, if you have a beautiful cluster and you're going to bury that in the earth, then yeah, maybe you can't get all of the dirt out of the crevices and that will be a very big waste of a beautiful crystal. So just be careful with that. But tumbled stones, stuff like that, they are perfect to put in the earth. And you can really let it sit there for a full lunar cycle. And another way to work with this is to bury your crystal in a power place in the earth. And this will also, of course, charge it with the energy of that place. This raises the frequency and the energy of the crystal. So that's why it's also a charging uh, tool, especially when it's in a very, very high frequency place. And yeah, just when you do this, make sure to mark the spot when you bury it because um, it will be a waste if you bury it somewhere and then you lose it. So yeah, put a little thing there so you remember where, uh, where to go. Next up is sound. Sound is something that I use as a complementary tool during many of the crystal healings that I give. Sound really helps to release stagnation and to move energy. So yeah, using crystal sound bowls or Tibetan sound bowls or even singing, using your voice to cleanse energy. A beautiful, beautiful way to work with the crystals and to you know, have very little interference with the physical nature of the crystal. So water, earth, that kind of stuff, it all touches, right? But sound just is a very beautiful tool that, yeah, you basically always have available to you. The last cleansing tool that I want to share with you is using, sort of as a substitute to putting your crystal in the earth, using rice or Epsom or sea salts. 
And you can just put this in a bowl, again, preferably a white or a see-through bowl, and place the crystal really underneath uh, the rice or the salt. This will absorb really heavy or dense energy. So this is something that you want to do when you feel it's not really cutting it and you want some extra support. Just make sure to throw away the rice or the salt afterwards because you don't want to, you know, have that absorb all the negative energies and then put it in your body. Please do not do that. Then um, when we go to crystal charging, moonlight, placing your crystals in the full moonlight, it's not a cleanser. I know. What? <laughs> yeah, when we place the crystals in the moonlight during the full moon, we are charging them with the full moon energy, which is beautiful, but it's not cleansing. It, yeah, it charges the crystal with this amazing, strong, feminine energy, but it's a charge. And to cleanse the crystals, it's best to first do, you know, some of the practices that I mentioned before and then place them in the moonlight. And, um, you know, if we look at charging crystals in the moonlight, you don't have to do it on the exact day that the moon is full, but also the two or three days before or after, sort of like around that period, also hold a lot of potency to them so you can still place your crystals even if it's not on that exact day so don't freak out when you miss the the full moon I see this sometimes and it's just you know we don't have to worry about it so much you know just go with the flow do what feels right if you forget a cycle all good next up if we can charge it in the moon we can also charge them in the sun the solar Power energy is a great way to charge your crystals with this big, strong, masculine energy, right? I love doing it with tiger's eye or with citron, you know, these really big, strong crystals that then can be amplified in their energy of expansion, of, of light, of growth. Something important here, though, is that some crystals will fade or decompose in the sunlight. So it's best to only do this for 20 to 30 minutes and preferably in soft light, which is like from 8 till 10 a.m. in the morning or something like that. Next up, I already mentioned this shortly, but can charge your crystals in a power place in the earth. So this can be a personal power place. It can be your sit spot that you use for meditation. It can be, you know, a place that's very special to you or an ancestral land. But it can also be on special power places on the earth. So, uh, for example, where certain ley lines come together or, you know, on the chakra centers of the earth. This is a really cool topic to dive into. If you've never heard of it, Google chakra places of the earth. Um, specific places have been connected to specific chakras so yeah if you're traveling to one of those places it's beautiful to charge your crystals with that energy and again you can bury them for a full lunar cycle but of course if you're traveling you know just the amount of time that is possible is already great um, it already makes difference and lastly sacred geometry Sacred geometry is something I use a lot, of course, in crystal grids that I make, in the art that I make. And they are just 
beautiful ways of directing energy. It helps to charge the crystals as it guides and amplifies the energy to a certain place. And an example of this are the copper pyramids that you sometimes see. It's really just a very simple sort of installation of copper uh, lines that create a pyramid that is hollow on the inside, and then you can place your crystals in there. This holds a really, really big, strong energy and makes sure that your crystal is charged, is really, really high vibrational and working the best way that it can work. So those are ways of crystal charging and crystal cleansing. One last, last thing that I want to mention is that you should never forget your own energetic power. So whether that is to cleanse or whether that is to charge, you can cleanse and charge your crystals with your own energy. There are many ways to do this. You can do it by visualizing, for example, violet flame or a beautiful golden healing light uh, enveloping your crystal or just giving a certain intention. I'm a very visual person, so this is always the things that I go to first. You can, um, you know, whisper an intention. You can, you can work with the sort of the things that you usually work with when you are directing energy or when you are working with energy, whether that is visual, whether that, whether that is, oh my gosh, what are the other ways that people work with energy? Uh, whether that is through sound, through speaking it into existence, through, you know, just feeling it. Those are all ways of bringing your energy into the crystal and, you know, cleansing that. If you just give the intention with it to cleanse, trust that that is happening, trust that that is actually, you know, forming into reality. And to charge a crystal, you can do this, for example, also by giving an intention to the crystal. And that can be as simple as whispering your intention into the crystal or sending a certain energy from one of your chakra centers into the crystal to make it stronger, to hold that extra energy for you. Yeah, so those are all very, very fun ways of working with the crystals, of cleansing them, of charging them. They are beautiful rituals that you can make out of them. And I hope, I really hope that you can find the thing that resonates for you, the thing that works for you, and just play around. Try it, uh, see how it feels, and yeah, let me know if there are any other ways that you are cleansing or charging crystals that I haven't spoken about yet. I know I have a lot of very creative people in my community, so I'm always excited to see and hear what they come up with and throw into, you know, the ball bin. So, yeah, I hope this has helped you. And I'm sending you a lot of love. And, yeah, thank you for being here. Don't forget to leave a little review if you like these podcasts, if you want to hear more of them. And speak soon.